Hi, and thank you for joining us today on the Success Is Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Portman. Joining me today is Lynn Whitbeck, CEO and founder of Petite to Queen. Businesses hire Lynn to ignite winning sales teams because most are chasing down clients stuck in a chaotic sales cycle and lacking client retention, conversion, and profits. You may have seen Lynn in US Today, HuffPost, Chicago Tribune, and more. Thank you for joining us today, Lynn. Hey, Philip, I'm so glad to be here. This is going to be a great conversation. We've had so much fun offline already. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I can talk to you all day. So the title of the podcast is Success Is. What does success mean to you? You know what? Success to me is having a good life. You know, family, friends, uh, being able to go visit the national parks and stand in awe. Um, in front of the redwoods or the sequoias, I've, I've been doing this big tree thing. So I've now seen the three biggest trees in the, in the, in the world. Um, uh, and, you know, that's really what success means to me. It also means um, being of service and helping others and having an impact every day, even if it's a small one, because it still creates a ripple. So I feel like petite to queen it's certainly a unique name. Uh, is there a story behind that or a <laughs> philosophy uh, can you share with us? There is both a story and a philosophy. So um, when I started the company, you know, we were sort of brainstorming names. It was actually, we were having, going, had gone out to dinner um, with some of my team members and they are, were young millennials and they range from a size two to a size six. Uh, but what we were brainstorming was how, what kind of company name could we choose that would represent, really encompass everyone and be the diversity of the world? Because I don't care if you have purple hats, hair and tats, or you wear purple hats. Okay. So it was like, how do we get to that? And how can we express that in the company name? And as I'm looking around and I'm seeing these size two to size six, you know, and I went petite to queen and several of them were actually, you know, like five foot four or five foot two. So um, one of the team members quite tall, but, I, and that was sort of like, all of a sudden it was to me, it was like, okay, here we go. You know, and not only does it represent us as a team, but it does show that we just re-embrace everyone. Everybody. And so that was, uh, that was how we got that name started. That's awesome. It's a great story. So Petite Queen is largely focused on empowering women in sales. Uh, can you tell some ways in which you cater your business model and coaching specifically to women in business? Yeah. So one of the things that why I really pursued this path is that sales is leadership. You know, everything you need to know about being a great leader, you learn in sales. You learn how to negotiate. You learn how to deal with difficult people. You learn how to problem solve. And there's also another side to that as well. There's another superpower. And that's when things go sideways, you know, or things are just, just not working quite right, that women can sort of lean into the emotional repair that's required so that you have a thriving client um, experience and relationship. And um, that's something that can be missed and too often is missed. And so that was one of the core things. And it's a, uh, it's a ladder for women to climb the corporate ladder to move forward in their careers. When you look around at big companies, almost all of the senior executives um, in leadership positions have had some kind of sales experience in their life. 
And one of the reasons for that is because, you know, they're having to sell things to the board. They're having to sell things to other executives. They're having to sell themselves to get the job. So, um, you know, let alone our partner on what we're going to watch on Netflix tonight. So, <laughs> so that was really uh, one of the things. And I also felt that even though women continue to plow the road ahead, um, we're still constantly having to relearn certain things every generation. And it was just sort of like enough of this nonsense, you know, because we're, we're socialized differently. You know, we're taught to be quiet, to be polite and sit in the back seat. And it can be hard to sort of step into our power and to take on those leadership roles. And in my career, I made so many cringeworthy mistakes and it was just like, how can I help women help not do that? that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I, the sales part, I, I think is, I talked about this all the time. It's really helped me in business too. One of my first uh, jobs back in the day was like selling door to door in Detroit, you know, knocking on their door and, and having to uh, sell there. And um, at the time it was, it was one of the hardest things I had to do. You know, I, I was not an outgoing person. I was shy at the time. And to do that, pushed me way outside of my comfort zone. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things that helped me become an entrepreneur because we're always doing stuff that are outside of our comfort zone, you know, and the communication, the instantly thinking on the fly and overcoming objections and all those things that come with sales really help make you a great entrepreneur, you know, so I couldn't agree with you more on that. Bonus. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I started my sales career cold calling uh, businesses, you know, walking in, talking to the receptionist, finding out who bought their printing. <laughs> yeah. And you probably got some hang up the phone and stuff, you know? Oh, you know, but one of the core things about salespeople that's really interesting is that on the one hand, um, we really crave approval psychologically. It's a common trait. Uh, but on the other hand, we also can be so resilient uh, and sort of tap into that. And I think that really comes from what I believe that when you are really a true sales professional, you come at it with worthy intent, which means that you truly want to help and serve others. And that if you believe that your product or service is going to create an impact for their life, for their business, um, you know, for their career, whatever it happens to be, then you really have a moral obligation to guide them to that solution. And sales is a vehicle to do that. Um, and the, the flip side of that is the, the, the sleazy sales soup, the car salesperson, you know, all that kind of stuff. And But sales is actually this very worthy career. Um, and when you approach it that way, you create and build long-term, lifelong relationships, like the one we're forming as we keep talking together, Philip, that, that last because you've come at it from that that spirit of giving, of being of service, of being of value. And, and of course, you know, we all deserve to earn an income. What you're doing is you're trading your knowledge and the solution to help them and drive an impact for them and you get paid for it. It's That's a beautiful great. world. That's very well put. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that is a kind of a several part question, but one of the courses that offered is overcoming imposter syndrome. Uh, is that something that you've had to deal and overcome yourself? And then would you uh, say it's a larger problem for female clients or do you see it all across the board? 
You know, so the overcoming imposter syndrome is actually something that I didn't even quite understand. It was something my team really wanted to put together. And, and it really took my daughter to set me aside. Cause I kept thinking it was sort of like self-doubt, you know, we all have self-doubt. Um, and she said, well, mom, when did you ever feel that you didn't deserve a seat at the table? I went, never. She says, bingo, <laughs> that's the difference. And all of a sudden it just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and imposter syndrome is real and both men and women experience it. Um, it's not gender specific or gender preference specific. What it is, is where you truly don't believe you deserve that seat at the table. I mean, it's just not self-doubt. This is like self-doubt on like massive steroids. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a job to get yourself past that, you know, to recognize that, yeah, you know, this is something that's impacting me and it really does hold you back. And one of the things, you know, as human beings that we'll do is that we'll keep building up a wall, trying to protect ourselves, but it just makes it worse. And, and in sales, there are a lot of different ways that people may not have full-on imposter syndrome and yet still be effective salespeople, but they can be doing things like not following up because they don't want the rejection Sure. or they don't know exactly what to say, um, which and follow-up is really, it's the number one deadly sin of sales is failing to follow up. Uh, but there can be other things as well because they're just not really thinking, putting them, getting out of their own way and so imposter syndrome is one area that it's, it impacts people to some extent or another. Um, and not everyone has it at all, but I think people would be surprised. And what's great about that whole course, which is free, is it has a lot of growth mindset exercises. So, because a lot of times also things that hold us back, they're fear-based. And that mm -hmm. fear-based is also based on something often that happened in our childhood. Yeah. That we literally need to, to recognize and we need to emotionally deal with it so that we can let it go and we can move past it. And so there's so many great um, pieces within the, and it's a pretty short course packed with value, but even if you're suffering just self-doubt, it's a, yeah. it, it's a good one for you. Absolutely. Now, I, uh, one of the things I talk about being a key to success is, is almost this arrogant level of confidence that a lot of successful business owners and entrepreneurs possess. Um, and, and you have to have it because you're sitting at the table all the time with people that you could look at and say, these people are way overqualified for me. You know, I'm approaching these people for all sorts of different things. And I'm doing these and cutting new paths and roads and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe it even exceeds what you were raised with right your family is they're always working this type and stuff and now you're up here and you're doing these other things and stuff like that and it takes a really high level of confidence you know um so i completely understand that and then another thing that i found in business that um i don't know if a lot of people talk about it but it's um almost this homemade syndrome where when you're starting a new business or you're doing something uh similar to like what you've done the people closest to you are, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily more critical, but they, they don't see it the same way that people who don't know you do. It, it seems more homemade to the people around you. And, uh, you know, I, I actually reference a scripture from it. And it, I think Jesus said, uh, um, 
a, a prophet is, is, is not without honor, except in his own town or village or whatever. And basically what he was saying is like, even he was having trouble with his local family and neighbors saying, ah, you know, you're just, you're just Jesus, you know, you're not this, you know, whatever. And it's the same thing we experience in business all the time. And, and you see on social media, people posting like their own friends and families won't buy from them because of, I, and I really think it's like this almost homemade syndrome, right? And, um, and have you experienced that with people in, in the business world, like specifically women, like uh, that are, are encountering these setpa- setbacks because of the closest people to them are discouraging them? Yeah. So, I mean, and that is certainly something that happens to all of us. And um, I, I think with everything, there's always a shadow side. So even like if you're really confident and self-assured, there's a shadow side to that and you still have self-doubts. You just may not manifest them in front of people, but they're there, you know, and maybe they come to you when you're trying to go to bed at night or you're standing in the shower or something. Right. Sure. Um, but regarding the family, um, you know, that dynamic is definitely there on a lot of different levels. And once again, that's that place that you need to be really strong in the sense of this growth mindset where you can take in the constructive criticism and consider it because their, their viewpoint, their paradigm, there is value there. And it can be because it's coming out of a place of love and they're concerned about you or, or affection. Um, but sometimes they actually see something that you have your blinders on that you don't see as a potential risk or um, a, a, an area that needs improvement. So constructive criticism, when it is delivered that way mm-hmm. and, you, and you look at it from that prism, can be very useful. And so rather than just saying, you know, ah, uh, you know, they just don't get it. Sure. Um, you know, really come at it from a, you know, sort of say, okay, they're coming at this from a place of love. And sometimes it's important to have that conversation with them and say, I know you're coming, uh, you know, and this is, you know, what I'm sensing is that you're worried about me and uh, you're concerned about the situation, but I want to talk that through um, because it can go both ways. I mean, I've had family members who are incredibly, incredibly supportive, you know, and who literally who have bought from me and, uh, you know, so it can go both ways, but sometimes having that dialogue and letting, once again, that um, when we feel something and we have those emotions, those are real Mm -hmm. and, and burying them helps no one and certainly not yourself. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the communication is, uh, or the lack thereof sometimes is, is the biggest problem. And then it just sits there and eats away at relationships. Yeah. Plants a bitter seed and that bitter seed can grow and grow. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I have a whole piece about how to have difficult conversations because sometimes it's difficult to, to approach that, but it's so important that you, you do that so that um, it it's, makes a much healthier relationship when you can talk about anything and you can even have, let's get, you know, what's stupid today. You know, let's have a let's stupid meeting. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just to address the elephant in the room type thing. Right. Yeah. And that's great. So you're actually creating a, a safe culture around identifying those things. Is that, is that what that mainly is about? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, once again, you know, when in sales, it's really important that you're able to approach your clients in a way because, what's interesting is it's almost like your clients will tell you things that they wouldn't tell somebody else. 
And mm-hmm. you, you also have to c- create a way that you can um, be an emotional support for them, but you don't want them to get into a place where they feel really uncomfortable because it's still a business relationship. And so how, you know, so there's, th- there's so many different elements around uh, communication and relationships and especially, you know, client customer um, relationships or, you know, uh, that having that additional background and skill is, is important to maintain and help the relationship thrive and prosper. That's great. Um, and, and you talked about in there though, treat the business professional relationship. So that's, does that include like setting boundaries and stuff as well? Yeah. And, and of course, everyone is going to have different levels of what those boundaries look like, and they can be different between your, uh, uh, the client and, you know, the sales professional. And so over time, some of my clients became literally best buddies, you know, and yes, continue to do business with them, but you still have to be, um, you have to be aware of that. And you basically have agreed upon boundaries around things. And it's going to look for me, it looked different between clients. Some client relationships were far more formal than others, you know, and you, you basically need to meet them where they're at and their comfort zone. And that is going to, to your point, that comfort zone will expand over time. Uh, so you start to over years of working with someone, you learn a lot more about them, Oh sure. you know, and you do become a trusted confidant. I mean, and that's an important role so that they have somebody that they respect and admire and trust that they can bounce an idea or a problem and get some, some input that they value and that can help them. That's great. Yeah. I was wondering if you had a story because you, you smiled there for a second when I was talking about the boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stories and uh, sometimes there's, there's a, there is that, like I said, there's a shadow side of when you start to get really close to someone and uh, especially in that client relationship. And um, at one point with someone, I uh, really uh, invited them to uh, do this, you know, this weekend gallery tour event. And so they came to my home, but it actually created a situation where they became very envious and, um, and so that, you know, that's where you, you know, some of those boundaries, some of those things, when you let them too far into your personal life, especially as the sales professional, it's mm-hmm. not a good idea. And you, you need to keep those boundaries up because it can plant a different type of bitter seed because of their own insecurity or, um, somehow, you know, that you're making way too much money off of me. And yet it's like, oh, well, yeah. I have lots of clients. You're, yeah. you're one of my clients sure. and I work really hard. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, you know, that's an interesting perspective because you, you see a lot of, a lot of salespeople try to present themselves as, as, you know, very successful. You see the real estate agents driving the nice cars and wearing the nice clothes and stuff because you're going to portray success. That's an interesting perspective that that actually, they saw it the other way and they're like, oh, you're getting too much money out of me, huh? That's fascinating. Yeah. You have to be, there is that side of being uh, professional and, and successful and also staying humble at the same mm-hmm. time. And, um, and yeah, driving a nice car is one thing, but you may not want to be driving, you know, the newest 
Range Rover SUV that you know people just like their eyes glaze over, you know. Yeah. Stick with a Ford Explorer loaded, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it there is that side with your clients, especially if they see they can see into that world. Sure. Um and it's relatable it, to them almost, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, and it's not that they begrudge you having nice things, but if it gets too, too far out of whack, um, and then once again, it depends on what you're, what you're doing. You know, if you own a jewelry store and you're designing jewelry, you better be wearing a whole bunch of fabulous jewelry, sure. <laughs> yeah. but for a salesperson to come into a meeting loaded down with, you know, tons of jewelry, that may not be such a good thing. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. You got, you got to mirror your, uh, your customer a little bit there. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Uh, so this is the first time I've come across, uh, this type of business with a, a website that has a monthly playlist. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how, you, how that came about? Uh, what was the inspiration <laughs> for that idea? Um, because music is, is the, you know, we all have the music track of our life. Right. And for me, when, um, in my corporate career, and I'd be working way into the hours to do some massive RFP response or something. <clears throat> I had my playlist that would be going along and I had different versions. So <clears throat> as the later it got, the peppier it got, you know, but I was, I had the calm one, you know, and, uh, and so different playlists for me, um, it's just a soundtrack of our life. And when we're working a lot of times, especially when we're working, you know, on something, it can, music can be there and it can be reinforce creative thinking. So right. we created uh, playlists and two of my team members actually were um, uh, very, uh, had grease in music. And so it was just like this really great way for me to also um, support them and let them do something that they really loved. And uh, it was also a way for us to provide this very creative way um, for our audience to um, tune into a playlist that they could use to when they're working hard or they need to cool, calm down. They can listen to the playlist. That's awesome. You seem like you have a really interesting company culture uh, in your business. Uh, how would you describe it? Well, I would like to describe it as a culture that we all, um, we're all thriving and we support one another. Um, we challenge our thinking. Uh, I'm very collaborative and yet I'm still very decisive, <laughs> make the decision to run this forward. Um, but I really appreciate alternate viewpoints and in, input. So, um, you know, I always look at my, whatever my paradigm is, I know that there's another view around it. If I can just get out of my own way and look at it. And sometimes that means that we need to pivot. And that was one of the most frustrating things about my corporate career as they would go down a path and it didn't work. It was, and honestly, you know, I could see as an executive, it was never going to work, but to get that, get a corporate that, and of course it had taken three years for them to make a decision to go down this road, sure. to get them to let it go. It was just like pulling teeth. I mean, well, yeah, you just, it was like, they just kept throwing more money at it or more resources. And it's like this doesn't fit Moving for us, on. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, and I'm sure that I'm speaking to people who've lived that or been there, done that. Right. And we also can sometimes do that in our own lives that we, it's like, Oh, we have to keep doing this, you know? And like, I have to keep putting up all the decorations at the holidays to compete with all the neighbors. I mean, that's sort of something that maybe some of you get, and then it's like, okay, well, do I really have to do that? 
I mean, I've got so much going on right now with work. Maybe I'll just put a small little stuff right at the front door. I can put that up in an hour and I'll be able to take it back down in an hour. It still looks pretty. Um, gives a little festive holiday cheer, you know? Yeah. And I'm good, you know? So I don't have to compete with the neighbors. I mean, why do I keep having to do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, getting in your own way, I, I, I get that. And getting the, uh, the feedback thing. And um, you talked earlier about, you know, one of, the, one of the keys to success being like this arrogant confidence. I am, I could very easily steamroll over people and not realize I'm doing it, you know? And um, so like when I'm hiring people, one of the prerequisites is that they have to be able to give me pushback if they think something is a bad idea, you know? And it may not mean that we, you know, that we, that we follow their direction or whatever, but they have to at least, you know, uh, put that up. And I, I had hired this, uh, this person in marketing and I told her that. And uh, a couple months later, uh, she had this idea and I said, no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. <laughs> she came back and said, no, this is why we should do it and outlined everything in full detail. And then she said, look, you told me when you hired me that I should push back and this is something I'm pushing back on. And I said, you're the expert. Let's do it. And she was right. I'm yeah. glad we did it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's important that, well, and that's a part of creating a culture where it's a safe environment and that you actually encourage people. You know, I've had people on our team that are really quite quiet and I will, you know, put them in a place of safety, but say, you know, you haven't spoke, you haven't said much, which is fine, but I'd really like to get your input on this because I know you have a different way of looking at things and it's important for us to hear what you're thinking right now, you and know, so you invite them to the, you know, and, and then you, you create a safe place, even if, you know, you're going like, yeah, well, we're never doing that. You know, you don't, you know, it's like interesting, interesting thought. Tell me more, you know, cause sometimes there's something else behind it as to sure. what they're thinking. Um, so it's, it's an important way. Cause uh, otherwise, you know, you will, you're going to, you can miss something huge. Um, it, it, that's really part of, you know, your risk is if when you're not listening and not staying open to alternate perspectives. Absolutely. And diversity of thought and all the other things that you get with having a great company culture. So yeah, I agree with you. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I could talk to you all day and, and uh, <laughs> I honestly appreciate your time today, but uh, could you close us out? Tell us how people can get a hold of you, how they get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. The, I'm the only Lynn Whitback on LinkedIn. So that's a really super simple spot. And of course, our website is petitequeen.com and you can reach out on our website and we've got all kinds of resources, uh, free resources uh, for you to, um, you know, literally you can just put a topic in the search engine and you'll be able to find it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lynn. It was a pleasure having you. We'll see you guys next time. Yep. Thank you, Philip. Well, thank you guys for watching today. Be sure to like and subscribe for more future episodes of Success Is Podcast. If you have any suggestions, please comment below. Look forward to seeing you next time.